Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcast globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. This episode is a recording of our live YouTube weekly stock market show. Every Tuesday night, Dale and Janine stream live on YouTube from 7 to 8pm to answer your most burning questions, as well as analyse stock for our viewers. To watch the show, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Stock Market Show under the Learning Centre. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Tonight we're going to investigate the top stocks that are shorted on the ASX and why you really need to be aware of these stocks before you decide to trade. As always, we'll look at the stock market and give you our thoughts, answer your questions, look at the stocks that you're interested in, give you our expert opinion and a whole lot more. Hello and welcome, I'm Dale Gillam, Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and joining me tonight is Janine Cox, our Senior Analyst and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Hi Dale, and I'm glad to be here tonight and thank you by the way for cooking a I'm lovely curry. I'm glad you curry. made it. I, oh, yeah, I, I did, I just made it. <laughs> thank you for that lovely curry by the way, it wasn't too hot, it was just right and didn't make my face go red, so that's the well, bonus really, isn't it? <laughs> well I wanted to spice up tonight so I thought I'd do that, but yeah. you're over in the Westover sort of near had to go past Racecourseway. That's right. So, I didn't have a bet on the cup, but we did have a family sort of a, um, a bet, if you like. We all picked horses and put in a dollar. And sadly to say that I didn't pick the winner. Didn't you? How did most people pick their winners? Did they pick colours, numbers or I don't know, but my husband horses? seems to pick the winner. How does he do that? I don't know. Does he good at picking stocks? <laughs> no. I'd say if I had a wife like you, I wouldn't be picking the stocks either. I'd be picking picking at everything anyhow. So. But, but that was good. It was a nice day here because it was nice and quiet with nobody around. So I got to catch up after being away for the last five days. So I know. Lucky you. I know. I was in Canberra, the, the, our beautiful capital city of Canberra. So it was really, really nice. Although Canberra's very dry. And what was the highlight for you? The restaurants? Uh, yeah, there was some really nice stuff. Around the lake, it's beautiful. Around the Canberra Lake and everything else. But I think the highlight was coming home. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to go and see my mother-in-law. So. You do live in paradise. So. I do yeah. live in paradise anyway, so, but that's okay. Now, if you have a burning question for us, on the right of the screen is a chat box. So put your questions there. Also, a big hi to anyone new to the show. Great to have you with us. Now, moving on, it is the first Tuesday in the month, and that means we take a look at the All Ordinaries Index, what it has been doing, and more importantly, where we think it will go. So let's get into a discussion of the market now, shall we? Okay. Um, oh, I haven't got it on, so you've got to bring up the... Up the <laughs> this I, I is our first blooper for the night. It's, it's too blooper. relaxing, isn't it? Well, Cup Day's a bit like that, isn't it? It's it a bit is. like that around, around, around Australia. I mean, I remember when I was in Sydney, Cup Day was bigger in Sydney than Melbourne. Yeah. So... Okay, look, now we've got the the All Ordinaries on the chart there. And, oh, look look at the interesting lines there. You've left some of the um, that 
advanced analysis on the chart there. Should I say oops? That's module 10. That's, I think we, should I say oops? So, yeah. But yeah. Okay, so looking at the All Ordinaries Index, you can see that it's held up really well, which is quite exciting actually because mm. we've been wanting it to come down and it doesn't matter how much you wish the market to come down and, so, and a lot of you may be sitting out there wishing it goes up. Uh, I don't know who's going to be right in the end, but um, in the short term, um, if the market comes back, it actually is better from a trading point of view moving forward. Uh, it means that the trajectory that it's on, this really steep traje trajectory here, will slow down a little bit. And that's ideally what we want to see the market do. But if it does continue mm. on, it means we could see a short, sharp rise and then a bit more of a steeper pullback coming in. So that's something that we need to all be mindful of. And looking at the weekly chart there, if we get the if we see the market moving through this low 6,721, then that's your first indication of the decline coming in. And then, of course, we'd be expecting it to pull back to that low between 6.2 to 6.4. But otherwise, at the moment, it's um, just holding. It's just so resilient, isn't it? And I think, yeah. you know, a lot of those people, you know, that were telling us we're a bit crazy thinking the market was bullish and everybody mm. else was bearish. I mean, this is really vindicating why we're saying yeah. it's more bullish because it's just not falling away. Now, sometimes that happens and we... I find that people or traders get this fixed view. They think it's it's got to do this. Mm. Uh, my analysis says it's going up or my analysis says it's going to go to $3 or $10 or whatever it is. And they get this fixed view. But with you or me, it's always, well, this is what we think. Mm. But there's always another side for us. Yep. And if it does it X, go. then, you know, the, the Y is going to follow. You know, yeah, we're not fixing our view. But if it does A, then B is going to follow. Yeah, yeah and we're not mm. doing that. So where do you think it's going to go now in the next week? Look, um, I, look, there's always this thing where in November we can often see the market pull back for a couple of weeks and have a bit of a breather. And, you know, I'm mm. not quite sure whether it's the cup effect and you know, I've always talked about Melbourne Cup is, and after Melbourne Cup happens, we often mm. see the market pull back temporarily. And I'm not sure whether it's because people have put all their money into the cup and lost it. <laughs> so oh, they don't have any be. more left to put in the share market. Um, hopefully you're not that silly. Anyway, and looking at the market, I would say that um, if we don't get the next mm. the couple of weeks down, which I'm expecting, um, then we could be heading to a new high for the All Ordinaries pretty quickly. Mm. It is. It's just really, really strange because obviously here's the high mm. and right now it's only 2.16% lower than the all-time high. Yeah. And yet that was the 30th of July. Yeah, I know. So it's a fair whack of time now. So all that time mm. it's been mm. trading sideways. So, well, mm. we've had the the mining stocks pull back yep. and we've had the banking stocks making highs and now coming back. Yep. So, you know, with that happening, if we're expecting the banks to pull back and we're expecting a little bit more downside on the mining stocks, then the, it's got to follow through that the market has to come back for, for that because of the Well, the big four banks and the Rio, UBHP, mm. they're what? How much? About... 40 to 50% of the oil lords, 40% of the oil lords? Uh, I don't think it's that for those particular stocks because I sort of look at the the indices and see mm. well, what what are the sectors hold and we know that the financial sector is about 30 odd yeah. and then we've got the mining stocks on top of that. So you're going to have more than 50% of the market, yeah. um, you know, waiting to those areas and therefore mm. uh, the market would need to pull back with those. But I'm not worried about it. That's that's I think that's the the important point we yeah. keep saying to people. People go, well, you know, even though our Monday stock market report yesterday said, you know, we still have a potential to fall back to 64 to 6200, mm. and that's our preferred option. And there's a pref we prefer it for a couple of reasons, which we don't necessarily need to go into. But even that's only six to eight percent. Mm. So that's why we're not really worried about it. But the market really does need to come back a little bit to ease off on the speed of what it's rising for then to get a much more sustainable rise. If it goes up really fast, it comes down really fast, 
And what we'd prefer as traders is much more sustainable moves and because so, yeah. they're far more predictable. For See, that's where everybody. where people have to get mm. accustomed to thinking this mm. way. So instead of always wishing that, th- that the shares you buy in the market's going to go up, mm. just get used to the fact, as Dale's saying, that it's got to come back. Mm. So, you know, you'd be... You'd be if you get stopped out of something, there was there was next. And that is the attitude that you want to take. Yeah, but all too often we find traders are trying to find, or the uneducated trying to find the fastest movers in the marketplace. Yeah. We're trying to do that. You're going to have a very low probability of success. Mm-hmm. Where if you get onto the steady movers like your CSLs and your cochleas and those sorts of things, you're going to make far more money. Yeah, but a lot of people try to mm. t- trade them daily, which mm. is crazy. Why would you for those sort of stocks? You're missing out. And there mm. were some traders that came to us some years ago, and I remember them telling me mm. that their win rate was something like 55%. That's terrible. I said, you, you're kidding me. And he's saying no. And I said, well, what are you trading? And he said, I'm trading on the daily charts. I said, there's there's the reason. I said, you're making the broker rich, but you're mm. actually giving yourself a job instead of making your life easier. Yeah. Uh, so he, that's what that's what the issue is, isn't it, really? But how many times have we people. done that? If somebody's come to us and they're very hit and miss mm. with their trading and we find out what they're doing and it's daily charts and we said the opposite is true. The less you trade, the more money you'll make. Mm. Um, and the, when you more we pull back, the more money you'll make rather than going closer to the market. All the daily charts would do was make you actually do, I think, our emails. Um, and we got one during the week from uh, Stephen. I think this one was on our Facebook page, actually. Um, he said, hi, Dale, I'd like to have a look at NAB's shares or you to have a look at NAB shares tonight if possible. I know Janine covered a bit briefly last night, so she did that in the market report or the Australian market report um, yesterday, which was yesterday's report. Um, he says, I purchased NAB in April at around $25.30. I'm not sure. How do you put something around $25.30? Well, it might have been $25.29. He doesn't want to be pedantic <laughs> and put that in. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and he says, so far I'm up over 11%. I've put a trailing stop loss of 10% over the recent high at $30. And this report on Thursday and go X dividend. Pretty much the simple answer is, and, and if you're one of our students on our diploma course and you said to us, I've got my trailing stop loss on it and my other exit strategy here, what do I do? The answer is always going to be 100% of the time is use your stop losses. So right now, you've done the right thing. You've got a trend line on it, you've got your exit rules and you've got your stop loss on it. So that's what you've got. So there's nothing else to talk about um, pretty much because looking us looking at the charts not going to change anything to do with that. All you're asking us is for validation that you're doing the right thing. And the answer is yes, you are doing the right thing. Regardless of what NAB does from here, it's using those stop losses for, for what they're intended to do is to protect your capital or protect your profit. And and here you're going to do both. What do you want to say? First of all, I want to say that we've got that oh, little gremlin good. back in the studio again. Oh, yeah. Our screen's turned greeny again. He, he's so. really annoying me. Can I kick him? <laughs> I think I'm going to bring a soft toy in the, yeah. the studio and punch it every time. <laughs> but they don't know because they're watching. They're not seeing our little screen turns green and okay. it's not for saving energy in the planet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, can I get back to a serious chat now? You can get back to a now? serious okay, comment. I'll come yes. back to Earth now. Feet on the ground. Looking at NAB, and mm. uh, you can see there the chart. We'll start at the monthly chart. Look, medium-term trend is still up. So liking NAB from a big-picture perspective. However, shorter term, yes, it actually is um, threatening on the downside. So we've been expecting the financials to come back. We have said that over the last couple of weeks, and this is now looking like it's coming to fruition. And you've also got to expect that often what happens is in the lead up to the, the, the dividend or the stock going ex-dividend, you can get a run up at some stage in the weeks ahead and then the stock will pull back um, around the time of the ex-dividend, often. Not saying all the time. You can't just rely on it 100%, but this is what's happening at the moment, as we've seen with um, National Australia Bank. And um, their re- report 
Um, at this time of year, you've got banks like NAB, Westpac. Um, I think, I'm not sure if Macquarie goes ex-dividend soon. I think it does in the next week. And then Bank of Queensland. So you've got all of these banks except Commonwealth Bank, which is a bit out of sync with the rest of the banks. But banks are very cyclical. So if you come to understand that, and if you're wanting to learn more about cycles, we, we do teach the cycles as part of it. But you really need to understand the basics about um, the trends, trend lines, and all of that properly first. So um, looking at National Australia Bank there, I'd say that we've pr- potentially got a little bit more downside there. Mm. If the market, if the, the stocks and the market pull back as we're expecting, like I talked about with the, the all, uh, broader market, the All Lords, then we're going to see a few more weeks down. And that's the real risk here in not taking an exit. So I'm not, I can't give you personal financial advice, so I'm not saying um, that is the decision is to exit the banks because that depends on the rules that you've set to manage mm. your risk, as Dale was saying before. But so really important that you get this right, particularly on banks. Yeah, the, the point you know, you're making and, and I've said you've got, He's got rules, yeah. so stick to them. It does, and that's why I'm saying it's irrelevant what we've just said in theory without being rude. Mm. You've got your rules. If it goes up, don't worry about it. It's going up. If it goes down, you've got your exit rules. But all too often I see would-be traders or inexperienced traders just exit because they start to get a bit nervous yeah. and they don't follow their rules. And then the thing just turns around and goes up and makes a motto and they lose so much money by acting on emotions and what we're saying to you and what Janine said earlier is like the person who's on the chat saying they sold at a stop loss, what's the next? So that's really what it is. It's Mm -hmm. like if you stop loss triggers, get out. Next. If it doesn't, then you're staying in. You're staying in. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to the next um, question we've got. So we've got a question here from, I can't remember who it is from. It's another bank. It says, Mm -hmm. hi, Dale and Janine. As a Westpac shareholder, I now have the opportunity opportunity to participate in the recent announced share purchase plan. You know how I love these you do. Like dividend reinvestment plans. <laughs> they do. So the purchase plan, income stocks are important to underpin my portfolio. It would be interesting to understand why. Um, I have some room in my risk profile up to percentage of this stocks um, is holding. Is this a good offering to take a look at or will the price for the share fall further to accommodate the recent earnings report? Uh, dividend reduction of 15% and this is um, SPP, um, share purchase plan. I would believe that's what he's saying. I've only been investing since February this year and I've found your books and materially invaluable. Thanks very much, matey. Um, I try to never miss a live show. I'm up 12% thanks to Wealth Within and not bad when some of my early stocks were dogs um, and falling oh, knives. He's used to the catch a falling knife. He's using our terms. Yes, you listening. can use them as much as you like. Don't buy dogs and don't catch falling knives. Um, <laughs> Next step is education, working on getting there, hopefully in the new year. Keep up the great work. Kindest regards, Todd. Oh, yeah, Todd's on the the, um, one, Todd. the thing all of the time. So, share yep. purchase plans, Westpac. Okay, so Westpac, uh, I still like banks, bigger picture, but right now, we're, as we said, they're coming into lows. So Westpac's actually been a bit more volatile than NEB at this point mm. in time. Um, it looks like it actually has tr- could be close to triggering a trend, well, it has triggered a trend line by the look at it, yeah. of the chart there, if I put a trend line on it. So at the moment, depends on what your rules are to exit, but there's a few exits there, more than just a trend line exit. So if you're following trend lines, it's not to say that trend lines are necessarily the best way to trade the banks. That's something that you'd have to prove by backtesting the stock and you need to do that over a long period of time to determine whether statistically that's going to be accurate moving forward and what the probability of a trend line exit mm. is, is a winning um, tr- trading strategy for you. But it may be that there's a different set of rules that works well on 
now that's why we don't teach one set of rules. We teach multiple and get you to actually develop the strategy and be able to work these things out. So that's really important. It's not. I remember when I first started trading, it was, someone mm. said, oh, th this is a trading rule and come and do my um, weekend workshop and you'll <laughs> learn this whiz-bang trading strategy and you can make yeah. lots of money on the market. Well, poo-hoo. It, it was one rule and one size does not fit all. That's what I, I bet I you every learned. single example they gave you was a perfect result of making a lot of money. Uh, not every example, and I didn't go, but not mm. there were some examples that they'd put in the advertising material, but mm. um, you know the examples that they got, gave were, but when you actually try to apply mm. what they were showing you, then yeah, um, it's... Well, you know, I went it's to not... some of those workshops and you go, oh, it's a perfect world, isn't it? And everything's, <laughs> everything's in technicolour and you just click your heels twice and you end up in la-la What happens land? when you get home to try to make it work? It doesn't work. Ezra, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it just amazes me that people... Mm. Um, go to these seminars and then pay thousands of dollars for these guys that, um, you know, give them these perfect examples. But anyway, now that's with, another with story. The, with this stock, okay, mm. often institutions can put a lot of pressure on some of the biggest stocks because mm. they hold a lot of weight in, in these sh types of shares because a lot of super funds have, of course, Westpac and NAB and mm. the big banks in their portfolios. And a bit of pressure can come on about what they'll do with the dividend. So they're, they're um, that that could be influencing what Westpac well, are doing at the moment. It probably would be, but what about mm. the share purchase plan? I know there's dividend reinvestment schemes, there's share yeah. purchase plans, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I don't like them. Either do I. No, look, this is a big thing in the financial industry is to get people to put their money in through these. Then you have mm. all these little parcels of shares that you've got to account for, the cost base of those. Mm. If there's a corporate action, you have to go back and adjust each one. If you have to ask your accountant to work it out for you, then it costs you money and more mm. than what it would actually make you in actually taking up those those shares. But people look at it and they, mums and dads look at it and they think, oh, I can get dividends without paying brokerage. Well, brokerage is, you know, what, whatever you save in brokerage, you're going to be paying um, to account for those individual parcels. So yeah, I don't you, like generally them. you get the, the shares at a slight discount to the market or the... Yeah, look, even that, if you're yeah. only buying, say it's like 5% of your portfolio, mm. it, unless you've got a massive amount of shares and mm. a big portfolio, it's not, I don't see the value in it. For mums and dads, it's not there. But if you if you have, you know, $5 million to mm. invest in the market, it could be a different story. Mm. That's a good question, isn't it? Mm. Anything else you want to say? No, that's probably it. I okay. hope I've answered his question. Have we covered it all? <laughs> well, well, I'm sure he'll give us another one um, if he, if he yeah. has got another question anyway. But let's have a look okay, at it. thanks, Todd. Let's go and have a look at the chat. Now, there's a few different... There's a whole lot of people on the chat at the moment. Um, we've got a couple. We've got Andrew M. He said, hey, guys, first time to the live show. Oh, and he's an hour early. So fantastic. Uh, he was an hour early. He came on board. I recently bought into Sol. That's Sol Patterson um, mm -hmm. at uh, 2220. Um, perhaps I was too early again, but keen to hear your professional thoughts on the stock. So let's have a look at Sol Patterson. Okay, so 22.20, we're talking about a price up here somewhere. I'll just put the crosshair on so everyone can see. I've gone to straight to the weekly chart just because the, mm. I want to show you something on this stock. So looking at um, the, the line there that I've got, that's roughly where the... Now, it depends on what date he bought it. Well, he doesn't say So he doesn't say. Date. So if you'd bought it just recently, then you're okay. You're sitting there fine. If you'd actually bought it back here in 2018, then you've ridden the roller coaster. Who wants to ride the roller coaster of the share market and just sit there and be like a cork in the ocean bobbing around? Not me. Um, and the sharks can come out and pick you off at any time. So looking at this, we can see here 22.20 is around here. Now, the stock's moving sideways around that zone. So the market actually like this price for the share at the moment, which is a good thing. If we see the stock trade above 23.11, 
then you know that you're in the money because the stock's going to continue to rise at least in the short to medium term and could potentially head up somewhere around this 25, 26, even higher, could have a $27 mark over the months um, to follow into 2020. But if it actually trades back below, say $21 even, if it's heading back closer to this level here then and trades below $21, 30 or $21, then it's more likely to continue to fall. So this is where stop losses are important. So I just um, put a price range percentage tool on there in, our, in Optima and we can see there 10.5%. If it went through that low, then you know that it's more likely to come back into this range down here somewhere mm. at least. And so that's not that's actually quite a reasonable stop loss to have on a share, isn't it? Well, it is a very reasonable stop mm. loss to have on the share. It's an interesting stock, this one, isn't it? Because it's very much big chunks of it are owned by a family rather than mm -hmm. a lot more of the percentage of it being sold. It's okay. quite interesting. So it's a quite an old... I didn't know that was still the case. Yeah, it still pretty much is the case. Okay. Um, there's some really large shareholders or unusually large shareholders, but it does. It's a really nice stock, but it's it's. Look, I'm not sure why he bought it where he bought it. You know, I, I wouldn't necessarily... Over the years, it's traded, mm. you know, reason, giving you reasonable trends, but it does spend a lot of time going mm. sideways. Mm. So that's where you've got to look at it in terms of the strategy that you might use to trade it. Because if it tends to just go up for maybe six months and then, or six to eight months, and then that's it, and it could go sideways for more than a year, mm. you, you need to know that if you're holding the share and, and you need to look at whether, you know, weigh up what sort of strategy, whether it would be a more medium to long term strategy you want, or whether you, knowing that you're going to be trading more short to medium term on the share. Mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I just want to make a comment because one of the guys on the chat, just a guy called somebody, or somebody I assume it's a gentleman, Chatu, he says he's got CBA, NAB, Westpac and Macquarie in his portfolio. He's asking us what we think of the banks. So to me, that's just a flow on from what we are talking about just before because we did look at NAB and Westpac yeah. just a minute ago. But I mean, to me, looking at yeah, owning the four, four of those banks out of the big five, pretty much is not necessarily smart investing in my book. It's yeah. really, you know, you don't need that many banks. And banks, as we said a little bit earlier, banks are weak at the moment and they will come back a little bit. So that's just going to affect your portfolio big time having four of those stocks. Now, Macquarie's been a brilliant stock mm. um, over the past few years. In fact, it's been brilliant since the, the GFC. NAB, on the other hand, uh, you've heard us talk about that last week. Janine analysed it yesterday in the market report. It's the worst of the big four banks, um, and that's our least choice. Westpac and Combank are generally a better choice, but we looked at Westpac before, and it looks terrible, doesn't it? At the moment. Yeah. Mm. So you really do need to look at whether you've got stop losses on those stocks, maybe, because right now we're not we're not super bullish on banks. Medium to longer term we are, but right now we think they're going to come back. We think they'll pick up into next year, mm. though. Like yeah. At some stage next year, we should see a... a Oh, hmm. rise on the banks but at the moment you know it's a question of how far they could fall well how strong is your stomach to mm. hold them too that's mm. the thing isn't because they could be uh they could be affecting your portfolio returns over the last next and just because of some of them mm. might go up doesn't mean all of them will mm. they typically you know follow a similar pattern together but over time nab's been completely different hasn't it to um to commonwealth bank well, yeah, if you trade NAB, you can actually make some really good money out of it. But it's not short a really to good, medium term. Yeah, but it's not term, a buy and hold yeah. type of stock, where Macquarie's a lot more buy and hold. Mm. But even then in the GFC, that fell heavily. Oh, didn't it? That fell that more than every really other bank. That was really squashed, wasn't it? Mm. So therefore, you've got to be really careful about that. That was um, a too. But a really, But thanks for bringing that up anyway. But let's look at the next question. Um, I think we've got one. Let me just scroll back up to the top again. Um, Vinit says, hey, guys, you rock as a couple. Thanks, Vinit. Um, look, awesome. I mean... 
we rock. Someone said that you husband and wife once on the show, and I was quite. <laughs> we both had a bit of a laugh about that. We were just sitting there at dinner with um, yeah. with um, Dale's wife tonight, talking to her about a few things, and um, she yeah. had a bit of a chuckle, didn't she? Oh, she had a chuckle, but yes, yes. Your husband calls me the second husband, and my wife calls you the second wife. So <laughs> it's pretty much the same. So we all get along quite nicely. But Vinet says I'm currently holding. AFI. Um, mm. I'm looking to increase my holdings. Shall I buy it now or let it touch 20-day moving average and then re-enter for long? Uh, my second question is for web Webjet buy or not buy. We're not going to tell you whether you buy or not. Um, we're just going to have a look at the stocks. But he's okay. asking about whether he should buy more AFI now or wait for it to touch his 20 what did I say? 20-day moving average? Yeah. Okay. Now, look, we don't use moving averages to start with. That's mm. the first thing. And we've talked about that on the show before because mm. you do get whipped in and out with moving averages more so than trend lines. And Dale's proven this. He did a massive study on this many years ago. So, mm -hmm. you know, you need to test it for yourself. That's one, one thing you've always said to people about that. Yeah, people blindly read something in a book or, mm. or go to a free seminar or, you know, get some free crap off the broker's websites and they go, wow, this works, but don't use it until you test it for yourself off the market and not just test it once or twice, but extensive over 10 or 20 years and on multiple stocks. And until you do that, you just, you'll have this false sense of reality pretty much that it's going to work just because somebody uh, said it did doesn't necessarily mean it's so. And one thing I start off with our diploma course in that first, in the first module is what I say to people is learn this stuff, but test it for yourself to see whether it works for you. Because unless you test it yourself and prove that you can use it, and make money out of it, then you're not going to have anything in it. To me, if you, you to the testing to proves to you whether you understand it and whether you can apply it correctly. And from my experience over 20 years of teaching traders, is most people have a, a high level of um, well, they have information. They don't have education, so they have some information. Uh, but they don't have education. They have some knowledge, but they don't have have the experience. And what I mean by that is they have the illusion that they actually understand, and they don't really understand. And they and I come up with these arguments all the time. People saying, "I've been trading for ten years, or twenty years, or thirty years, or five years. Yeah, I've been doing this and that." But then when I look at and really start asking them questions about their level of knowledge, it is CRAP. It really is on a scale of one to ten. And I've had people on the phone saying hey, I've been trading for 10 years and I start asking questions of what, how they come to their buyers, their sales, how they analyze what they're doing, their trading plan. At the end of the day, I go, you're a two out of 10. You're not even close to being a 10 out of 10. And they're really shocked at that mm. because they've got this delusional state that they actually understand what they're doing. And you see people using these 20 day moving average or moving average crossovers like we talked about the other week, mm. you know, um, in terms of the, uh, into the death, the death, death cross. cross. What a load of rubbish that is. Mm. Yeah, but it makes headlines. It makes headlines, that death mm. rock, the death cross. Um, yeah, I wouldn't buy more of AFI now at all. That's pretty much my answer to well, this. Looking at AFI, someone actually talked mm -hmm. to me about this a, a long time ago, and I, I haven't heard mm -hmm. from them for a while. So mm -hmm. I, I, I think that they actually will have gone and bought AFI. And mm -hmm. the issue is, that, look how long it's been going I'm sideways. I'm not saying don't I mean, own it right now because he's in it. I think it's great to be yeah, in it Yeah, look, right I'm now. just trying to have a look. But let's just have a look at how far mm. December 2013 all the way to 19. That's six years, six years of sideways nothing. doing nothing. Mm. So we're now seeing a breakout. It doesn't mean that that's going to be sustainable. No. But it is going up. So at the moment, if you're on it, then you'd be staying on it. Correct. Yeah, so yeah. that's the thing. Would you be buying it now? Well, look, what you're saying is that right now it's, it, you know, it's not a buy. It might have been a buy a few months ago. Mm. Um, but 
right now it's it's definitely it's not you know, a it's already you don't on the add way to up. it either that's the point it's you'd have to do your analysis to work mm. out how far it's likely to go and then mm. determine whether it's got enough upside for a start correct and that's what a lot of people mm. guess at they think because it's going up I'll buy more and it's going to keep going up yeah but you don't if, just buy a stock because it's rising you've got mm. to know what the probability is and how likely is yeah. it to keep rising and where's it likely to rise to to know what mm. your downside risk is and what your upside potential yeah. is now Vinit's also asking about webjet but so is William he's also asking about Webjet. So let's cover Webjet Okay. Now. Yeah, I actually like this stock. Mm. However, it is a very volatile stock, as you can see. From a point of view of, would I buy it now? Definitely not. Mm. And, you know, it's it's been coming back. There's a sea of red over the past few months. Will it, Is it likely to recover at some stage? Yes, but it may be quite a while before that happens. So this is not a stock for everybody because it is very volatile. I mean, look what happened here in February 2019. The stock shot up. And let's just have a quick mm. look at the the range. So from the open to the close, it was a 37% gain. Huge, isn't it? It's massive. So there was a big amount. And if we look at the volume to see what was happening at the time, we can see there was huge spike volume in there. So someone was definitely moving the stock, but it didn't last long. And then the stock started to trade away. So that's a telltale sign right there of what's happening. And I hope I don't make you dizzy <laughs> by doing that. Um, but you can see here that the stock actually pulled back strongly in June. Mm. And then for the rest of the time, it's been falling. So to me, that's a false trigger. Correct. You know, that, that's where a lot of people get sucked in because they'll hear that a big gain's being made on a stock and the mums and dads look at it and think, oh, this has had a good report. Mm. It's doing well. It must be all right. So therefore, I'll buy it. And then shortly after, that's what happens. And let's, let's go back and look further over the, the stock. So the answer in short is, um, would I be buying this stock right now? Definitely not. And would I be looking at it in future? Yes. Uh, there's a big, strong support level across here. And it may not hold that. It may actually trade up and then continue down below that. So that's a real warning sign for people. If this stock trades below that level there, it could be down for much longer than what you might be expecting. And so be cautious on it then if it does that. Yeah, this current move up could be one of the, another false trigger. But you, you would have been out of this long ago with yeah, a decent yeah. set of rules, hmm. wouldn't you? But this is really interesting because it does bring us into the, our topic for tonight's show. Fantastic. So, because the, 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 the topic for tonight's show, and I really have been looking forward to actually chatting about this one, because it's like there's so many things in my head and, and obviously in your head and we discuss about topics we'd love to bring up. Mm. But quite often we have to, as we've said on the show, is we have to teach you this little bit before we talk about this little bit, because otherwise people just won't understand things. Uh, and we know already know that 90% of you aren't, necessarily experienced traders based on the, the research and the surveys that you've done and what's happening and the, the answers to certain things that we're getting on the YouTube channel. But, but that's not, okay. That's just that's where okay. they're at at the moment. Yeah. yeah. And that's really why they're mm. watching the show. So we're glad we're helping people because as the gentleman said earlier, Todd said, you know, we've turned his portfolio and he's now made 12% instead of buying catching catching falling knives and buying dog stocks like mm. he was doing. so, And to me, that's fantastic. And if Todd's changed his portfolio around from doing and making money, then how many others are we doing that for? The only thing that I picked up when he mm. wrote his questions to, mm. to us was that the last part of his um, paragraph was that he hopes to be doing the course that start of next year was it January I think or something? Oh, I just said in the new year. Then. Hope yeah. in the new year. Now to me, hope's not a good word to use. It's so, like try. You never yeah. get to it. So when when there's a lot of people who are emailing us in and as part of the the trading support that we provide, if they say I'll try to do this or I hope, that's do. one of the first things. You, know, you won't do it if you say that. So that's one of the first things I pick people up on mm. and get them to rewrite what they've just said. So Todd, rewrite what you've just said. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like when I speak to people on the phone or they ring up or mm. they. You know, 
ask for information and they go, they're really keen, they want to trade full-time, they want to do this, they want to do that. And then you send them the information and you talk to them about a week or so later now, they've read the information, then they make up lies, um, excuses mm. about why they can't do the course. Because they go, oh, well, I don't have the time or I don't have this or look, yeah, I'll do it after this. So that's a whole study in itself. It Why is. do people do that? They want they want an outcome, but they do everything they possible to avoid getting that outcome. But what's in them that's actually causing fear. that? Fear. Fear of failure. They mm -hmm. fear because it's not a guaranteed. And, and I know I've done this exercise in a, a room full of four or five hundred people where I've mm. said if I could guarantee if you started our course that after you finished it, you'll be making 20% every year for the rest of your life. And if you didn't, right. I'd pay for it. Everybody put their hand up. Okay. Right? But when I say, well, no, I can't guarantee that, who's, who's really serious about becoming a full-time trader, most of the hands go down. Mm. So that tells me it's, it's not important enough for most people mm -hmm. or they're fearing. They, they're thinking, oh, I'm going to fail, so why start? But the thing is, if, if you do our course and we... We're getting people, our students are getting 20, 30, and 40, and 50% mm. right now. That's what they're getting. It doesn't you know? mean every person will get that, though. No, it doesn't mean that. But then if you, get, if you consistently get 10%, is it worthwhile? Mm. You know, when you haven't been doing really well or you've been inconsistent, if you get 20%, yep. you know. And it may give people the confidence to actually go and do what they want to do rather than sitting on oh. the sidelines and, not, and just putting their toes in the water. Yeah. That's the big thing, isn't it? I was saying to one of, people... of our new students today that I was mentoring and I said he got out of his comfort zone and did some stuff because I asked him to that he didn't mm. expect he'd ever do. And I said, you can't learn the really good stuff until you get out of your comfort zone. If you stay in your comfort zone, you're going to be average. It's pretty much as simple as that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, being a good trader is not being average. Mm. So, but anyway, let's get okay. into our topic. Well, that's another that's topic, isn't other, it? That's yeah. a whole other topic anyway. But the one we're going to talk about is really interesting. And, and you know, Janine and I are going to chat about the top stocks that are shorted on the market or on the ASX and why you really need to be aware of these stocks before you decide to trade them. It's a great topic, one that people really think about. So why are they on the short list? That's the question. Well, it is. It's people, I can guarantee most people watching tonight have never even looked at the short sold list. Mm. So probably best if we explain a little bit about what that is. Okay. So, so when in the ASX print, print out a list mm. or create a list on the website for everybody to look at. It's made public. So you can go and have a look at it to see which stocks are shorted and to what degree they're mm. shorted. So in terms of the the number of shares that are actually um, being shorted at any time. Yeah, so mm. a percentage of, let's say 100% yep. of the shares available, how much in percentage term are being shorted mm. or sold. So short selling is, what they, what short selling is, is selling something you don't own. So let's, for example, say um, you could short sell BHP. Now you don't own it, you go to a broker, you short sell X amount of BHP shares and you hope they fall away. So, and then what your goal is. It's kind of counterintuitive to what you're trying to do as a trader yes. generally, isn't it? Yeah, everybody wants to buy shares to fit the rise in price. But when you're shorting... The institutions argue though, don't they? Correct. Mm. Yeah, and the institutions are doing this all of the time. That's what hedge funds do, etc. So, But basically, you're selling it today to buy it back later at a lower price in hope of buying it back later at a lower price. And then you make the difference on that. And it's a leverage trading thing. So you can make some good money if you do it. So that's... I suppose shorting in a nutshell, but that's not what we're here to talk about. It's people don't even look at this because if you were wanting to buy a stock that was going up, would you want to know that it's on the short sold list? Yes. Why would you want to know that? Because it could be more volatile for one. Yep. Could be that there's a whole lot of people about to um, mm. 
well, they could be looking to expand it. So mm. what institutions do and hedge funds do is they might take a certain position to short a stock, but then they might increase that over time. So you could be looking at a stock that's gradually going to continue a long-term decline because mm. they're continuing to short it as it's going down and building on those positions. Mm. So that's an interesting thing. And then you might see them pull back and it may disappear off that list or go, or gradually over time go down the list. So then you, you're thinking, okay, well, so there's less people shorting it, so maybe it's going to trend up more over the longer term. But, but there's also another thing, isn't there? Mm. There's another part to this, and that is around reporting season. You know, because a lot mm. of the hedge funds are, are getting into these short positions because they're expecting a negative result around news time. And if they're expecting a negative result and they're wrong, mm. then the share can go the other way and they all get stopped out and we get what we call a short squeeze. So Yes. <laughs> hey, you're calling me short. <laughs> From, you're shorter than some. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, is we get people. Mm. I know the biggest shows that we have or the biggest number of watchers of our YouTube videos are people just wanting to be told what stocks to buy yeah okay true. and it doesn't matter whether it's us or they watch those dudes in hoodies and beanies and all that sort of stuff around the world in their lounge rooms and kids on their gaming chairs telling you they've made millions of dollars they're all looking at those videos to say what to buy mm. so we get a lot of that now we as you and i've discussed if you have to continually watch shows like that or recordings like that then you're not a trader you're not even close to it and you're gonna not going to be very consistent with your money and you're going to probably lose a lot of money by doing that sort of stuff. But why do people consistently ask about short-sold short stocks that they don't even know they're short-sold? So, yeah, so what you're saying is on the, on the chat, we get a lot of stocks that mm, people bring up the majority that of the fall stocks. into that category. Mm, they do. And, Trading, this is, and it makes it more high risk, doesn't it? It does. Now, I'm going to show you the short-sold list that I got from the bull. So if we can get the... the um, uh, what do you call it? The PC up. Now, this list that I've got on the screen right now, this comes from uh, um, a website that Janine and I, um, or Janine mainly, writes for um, quite regularly. It's called thebull.com.au. And about every couple of weeks, I think, they put the top 30 short-sold stocks on the um, on their website. So it's pretty simple. So I just got that from these guys. And you can see the link up the top there that I got it from. So uh, you can do that. So the guys there like um, Anthony Black and James Dunn and a few of the other, Tony Featherstone um, mm. is also part of that. Tony Featherstone, he edits the, uh, writes the um, ASX newsletter that we've been in gazillions of times as well. So, but if you look at this, now we've looked at Webjet tonight, haven't we? Yes, we have. And we've looked, and we've got a, somebody's asking about cyber resources. It's on okay. the list. It's, it's on the, the top. It's the it? top. Okay. All of these yellow ones are what people ask us about all the time. So Galaxy, we've asked about a lot. Next JB Hi-Fi is always on the list. J JB Hi-Fi, we're getting asked about all mm. the time. Um, Bank of Queensland, we've been asked about Domino's. We did last week, um, I remember. So these are quite ones that we uh, speedcast were asked about last week. Bingo was last week. Blackmore NEA. comes up comes up all the time. NEA comes up. Invocare, New Farm, Perpetual. Metcash comes up regularly. Costas Bigger we looked cheese. at last week. Mm -hmm. Bigger Cheese we looked at last There's week. There's Webjet down further. There's Harvey Norman's Webjet, often on there. Harvey Norman, Bellamy's M, uh, Min yep. is also there. So these are stocks that two, two of the least were the first couple of questions that we had yeah. for people that to you look guys at the are often asking about. Next, even next... Um, Sorry? Next DC was one that someone asked about some yep. time ago. So these are the top mm. 30 stocks current. Uh, as a, this is the latest list from uh, the guys. Can at I swear? Google. 
You can. I bet some people are saying, oh, shit, I didn't know this. Well, they'd probably be sitting at home going, oh, poo, I think I'd better have another beer to settle down. But I can guarantee most of you oh. don't know that the stocks that you own or that you're looking to buy are on this list. And a lot of these stocks, if we go through a lot of these stocks, you'll find most of them are bearish mm -hmm. and are falling um, falling heavily. And these are those falling knives in the, in the dog stock, so to speak, that we that uh, Todd brought up. It in doesn't always mean that they're going down at the time, though. No, That's the funny thing, because mm. I, I did uh, that recording for mm -hmm. uh, Jim Beach, you know, the American yeah, yeah. recording, that radio show. Do I know you, the American? You normally yeah, do. do that one. And yes. Dale let me do it for a change, which was awesome. And... Uh, Tesla was one of them, yeah. um, one of the most highly shorted stocks on the US market, mm -hmm. and yet it actually had a short squeeze just recently. Yeah, it flew up and 27%. Went, yeah, so a lot of hedge funds were actually in a huge loss on the on their mm. share. And, you know, Elon Musk must be clapping his hands and saying, this is my revenge. <laughs> this is my revenge on the <laughs> hedge funds. Because they had a positive profit result instead of a negative. And the mm. thing that Dale and I watch is every reporting season, we watch the percentage of of the when the analysts get whether they get it right or wrong so it tells you whether they mm. actually got it right in terms of whether the stock was likely to um, report on the positive or whether it was likely to report to the negative or or um, in line with expectations and more times than not the analysts get it wrong do they do and that's mm. the thing I know I've, I've seen lots of research from the US where they look at all the analyst recommendations the average broker gets it right about 50 percent of the time and so can you you just flip a coin and it's yes or no it's pretty <laughs> simple um, that's a bit harsh. <laughs> well, it is 50-50. They get that's the statistics. They get mm. it right. So if you go, do I buy zero resources or not? Flick yes or no is 50-50 chance. And you, just hold it a bit longer, and you might be right. And you is hold it and hold it longer, and it turns a good good trade into an investment, not necessarily a long term yeah. investment. But <laughs> but you know the really really good analysts get it right about 60 percent of the time. Janine and I get it right a lot more than that. But that's just because we've had a lot more years of experience on the type of analysis we're doing. And you can do, we've got students that are doing 70% exactly in that sort of bracket of getting it right. And some people mm. might say, oh, look, I want higher than that. I had one guy but say to me recently, to. I want to get a higher win rate than that. And, and you can, actually, mm. if you do the back testing and get all the analysis done, but you've got to know how to do that really well first. We're talking over over mm. hundreds of stocks and, and several hundred trades. And we're not talking about, we could get a win-loss ratio on a stock, on one stock, maybe 80% or even 90%, depending on how much effort and what we put into it. But over a portfolio of 10 or 12 stocks that averages 10 or 12 stocks over eight, five or 10 years, you, it's going to bring your ratio down. But, you know, but what people are doing with these short sold stocks is they're trying to bottom pick and buy mm. cheap. Now, some of these stocks are bullish, like JB Hi-Fi is bullish right now. Yeah. And has been for so a while. So what was the percentage of shorted shorts on JB Hi-Fi at the moment? It's on here, JB Hi-Fi, 12.01%. 12% of the stock. 12% of the stock's being shorted yeah. at this point in time. Well, so. just to give you an idea, it's good to compare mm. one stock to another. Elon Musk's um, mm. share Tesla was 20, 25% of the stock was being shorted yeah. at the time. So that's huge. So 12% is not... Um, you know, it's not huge, and, and just have a look over time to mm. see the percentage that JB Hi-Fi, uh, the, the stock is being shorted, and, and see how it varies. Because it's it's the, when it changes a lot, that's when you really got to pay attention to it. Yeah, we've got a good question from o I, I can't say this Opethex. Opethex. She, uh, whoever. Um, you know, what, if I was someone out there, I'd put a really strange name there too, so that you, when you I'm go sorry. to read it, you, so you, give me a tongue twister. Great right on, yeah. good on you. Don't so, listen to her, people. Um, just number one. The person said, "How we? How is JB Hi-Fi on this list when it is so strong?" Thanks, Gavin. Okay, Gavin. There Very you go. good name. 
JV Hi-Fi, look, off, they've disappointed the market mm. often. And so what mm. ends up happening is because of that, the institutions will take positions in the stock. I read an article mm. on that some time ago at how JB Hi-Fi has been put in that position. So it can go from uh, months where it trends up really strongly and then it will have a period, it could be quite an extensive period of pulling back in price. So just have a look over time at what the shorting um, percentage is or the percentage of stock that's shorted and then compare that when it changes to what's happening on the stock bigger picture. It's a study for you to do yourself. Dale and I have spent years studying stocks and looking at what happens over time. So, you know, we're not suggesting that... um, Mm. I'm, doing, I'm suggesting this more from the point of view that you learn a lot more, not just by someone telling you what some, how something happens, but by looking at it yourself mm. and really um, getting to a deeper level on it. So are we going to move? Um, yeah, we'll go back into the chat, um, you know, from a point of view and we'll actually start answering some questions because yeah. we've actually created a bit of chat. Oh, fantastic. On this, on because this. some mm. people are saying, or well, one of the ladies is saying, well, you know, is how much information do you need and is, is more better or less? Mm-hmm. Generally, less information is better because more information um, in terms of external information, what I mean by that is news reports, broker reports, you know, stock tipping newsletters, all of that. More of that is worse. It, but in terms of information that you do for yourself, that your analysis that you do for yourself, then the more is better. Uh, and so when Janine and I really want to look at a stock to trade up um, medium to longer term, we could spend anywhere between an hour and five hours on that stock to really understand it better. From a technical from a point technical of view point and of some view. fundamentals. Yeah. yeah. So, But sometimes we might only spend 30, 40 minutes on it, depending on what we're trying to do and, and how we want to trade that. If it was short term, we're going to spend a bit more time on it. But the more is the more proper analysis you do, the better. But the more information that you get from outside sources, it, the more it can conflict and the more it can confuse, and that's really what it's about. But what how I'm this information about. helps them that you've brought up today mm. about the shorting is more or less to look at the stocks that you're trading mm. and realise that you know this could have a significant impact at times on the stock that I'm trading, mm. so therefore will I invest in stocks that mm. are on this list regularly or will I avoid those and trade stocks that generally mm. are not picked on by the hedge funds or big institutions? Mm. So hopefully we've enjoyed the, the topic for tonight. Um, Question from Paul. He's a Ramsey Healthcare. So let's go and have a look at Ramsey. So we'll get that off. And we'll go to Ramsey Healthcare. And then I'll find uh, Paul's actual question. I think I had it there before. We had a couple of other stocks on the list to look at too, if you wanted to cover those at some stage. We do have it somewhere. And Wow, there's a lot of questions. Um, He said, "Hope hope you had a nice day. Yes, we did. Paul, thanks very much. Um, can I get your view on Ramsey Healthcare? Using the rules from Dale's book, I would have said it moved out of a downtrend back in March and now seems to be moving up your thoughts. Okay, now the stock looks really good from a long-term point of view. It did have a bit of volatility recently but has recovered and it's holding up nicely around this $69, 70 mark. Now, for a few weeks, because the closes have been pretty much even, we've been expecting it will slow down temporarily at around that $70, $71 mark. We could see it push higher first towards this um, point here at around 73 The last high was in July 2019 before that happens. But one way or another, to be sustainable, the run has to stop and it has to come back for a couple of weeks. But I like the stock, big picture point of view now, that it's actually started moving back up. 
and on the monthly chart still looking strong. So at the moment, and it's above this um, historical resistance level here at around 68.60. So while it's above that as well, I think it's quite good. If it does fall back, it could come back to around 67 before it then tells us whether it's going to continue to rise or not. So um, is that pretty much all we need to say on Ramsey Healthcare? Um, yeah, that's fine. We've got a question from... We've got a couple of other stocks. You had um, Brickworks from... Um, no, these were just well. sort of some of the stocks. Like we've got Seek up there. No, no we've there. got Rio, uh, Amcor, um, we've got um, BBN, is it? That's um, all. Bu baby Bunting we've done before, I think. Yeah, we've done that one before. Let's go and have a look. We've got one from Jonathan he's got for PLS. Yep. And Jonathan says, hi, Dale and Janine, was looking at your thoughts, looking at your thoughts on PLS. Oh, they it's can see small my, one, isn't They it? can see my thoughts now. Pilbara Minerals. Okay, Pilbara Minerals. Um, large sell-off with a 30% rally after their capital raising. Last time this happened in June 2016, went from $0.35 cents to $1.25. Thoughts? You know, when you look at this in perspective, mm -hmm. a 30% rally off the bottom is nothing. <laughs> it's nothing, isn't it? You're trying to bottom pick a stock that you could end up getting egging mm -hmm. on your face for because it, it's taken out a significant low here in April 2017 and that's not great for the stock. Although looking at it now, let's, have, let's see how far it's come back overall. It's come back about 78%. Now, sometimes when a stock's come back to that degree, they, it can have a bit of a move up. And it may only be short term. So that's what you've got to be mindful of with this stock. It's a, definitely a trading type stock, not a buy and hold at all, or even um, a long term hold, um, even though it rose all that way. It's still so volatile that you could have everything wiped out. Let's just have a look at what happened back here. The stock rose to this point here in 2016, and then it fell 64% over what looks like about less than a year. So see, this is the sort of personality of the stock that you've got there in the portfolio. So if you were holding this stock, you would have been out of it long ago, uh, according to some simple rules and, and may not be trend lines. It may be a different strategy works well on this particular share. Uh, looking at the current position of the stock, we can see that we've had a couple of weeks up on it so far. And now people who are bottom picking that don't have any rules will be looking to get into the stock or may have driven it off the bottom here. And that is often a false rally, so be mindful of that. We like to see the stock come back before we actually look to take a position in a share if it's been falling for a while. And it would be a while before you get a trend line potentially on the stock down there. You'd have to just check it. But when you're talking about a 30 cent um, stock or 60 cent, as 70 cent as it was um, some time ago, it's much harder to get mm. a trend line to fit on the stock because you need to you know, I won't go into all the details as why, but there's a n number of reasons and things that you have to tick off, tick boxes for to, to make sure the trend line's valid. So looking at that, I'd say you'd have to wait a while. It's still mm. potentially a couple of weeks or a couple of months before we know whether this thing's going to rise or not. Mm. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's one of those stocks, isn't it, really, mm. that you've got to be careful of. Unless you're super experienced, I wouldn't even touch it. Even um, if you are experienced, mm. like we keep saying this each week, that even if you are experienced, mm. there's so many better stocks so in the sector that stocks, you'd go for, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, while you're watching the show, hit the subscribe button. Guys, we need you to give support of our channel. Hit the subscribe. Uh, we're working our armpits off up here. So, But also subscribe to that channel. There's another big button there that says subscribe. Uh, if you are enjoying the the, this, what we do every single a week then uh, please support us by hitting that button it helps everybody to find us and the more questions we get the more Janine and I can go through and help everybody else so hit the buttons now and someone uh, said that. to me the other day mm. that they just was one of our clients actually mm. said that they they follow us all the time it's one of our direct equity clients mm. he's also done the diploma as well mm. but he 
a lot of clients do the diploma and then decide that they want us to manage their money anyway. Or well, some of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, some of it. Some do, do a split and they trade some and then have us manage some and others, they decide, that. well, look, why do I need to do it if you can, you're going to do it? So um, that's the other side to it. But, you know, if you're sitting there and you're not subscribing, ask yourself, why am I not getting involved in this? I should mm. be. Yeah, you so can't make money board. by your passive, can you, really? And then you get the messages to tell you what's coming up. If there's another show or if Dale posts something else that's important, then you mm. get that notification. It just makes it easier well, that's, for you. Well, I think that's their subscription to watching us hit the subscribe button. Okay. So um, for that, I've um, got a message from S SJL. Um, it says, hi, Dale and Janine. Wanted to say thanks to Dale. In August, you were brutally honest about AGH. My friend bought at $1.27 in July, mm. sold the next day after analogy for $0.90, cents. current price $0.40. Cents. Um, Would you like me to look at that? No, no. Well, you can. Oh, well, there it's it is. Exciting. It, it, it's on. exciting. Come on. It's exciting. It's exciting. But that's but that's really what we're talking about earlier when we're talking about the short-sold stocks and people trying to catch falling knives. And this yeah. is really why we say to stay out of stocks like this, PLS stocks, stay out of stocks like this because more often than not, this sort of stuff will happen. It's a dream um, breaker. It's a, yeah, it is. And, it, and as I said, a lot of people turn good trades into long-term buy and holds, um, never getting anywhere and they're, they're wrecking their portfolio. But thank you very much for the comment. Um, so look, um, at, look at that. Mm -hmm. Look how it far it rose. Yeah, massive. You know? A huge rise and, and a big fall just about wiped out that whole game. But people are thinking that's going to do that again. Mm. And that's the thing. And that's the mistake. And that's the mistake the gentleman's making on PLS. Mm -hmm. He's making the mistake that just because something happened, it's going to do exactly the same thing again no. and make him a lot of money. And it's not, not necessarily going to be the case. But let's go and have a look uh, as we've got a Daniel here. I'm trying to pick stocks from people that we don't hear from very much. Daniel Telstra. So let's okay. have a look at Telstra. Yep. Actually, I was chatting to someone yeah. today about Telstra and, you know, all the problems that we, you know, over the time, I think, you know, you don't need to give the other phone company a plug, but we we did actually get out of Telstra for a number of reasons, not from a um, stock investment point of view, but from a service point of view, because I don't know about you guys out there, but have you ever had problems mm -hmm. with Telstra? Let us know if that's the case. <laughs> Type it into the chat and tell us about your experience, because I was talking to someone today who was having problems with the internet, and they went overseas and they, they asked to put their subscription on, or change their subscription or put it on hold. Telstra had told them, yeah, it's all done, everything's happening. And when they came back, they couldn't even use the service for a week. Like, we're supposed to come back online. Like, there, there, there are so many stories I hear about mm. Telstra. And looking at the chart, you can understand why it struggles. The stock struggles using these um, some people in call centres. And mm. I'm not saying they're all the same because they ended up finding someone who actually knew what they were doing, but they had to go through a week of different people to get the answer, outcome that they needed to get back online. And that's just not right. If mm. you're someone who needs the internet to manage your investments and do those sorts of things, you need reliability in your service. Thank so, goodness for 4G on your mobile. Mm. Otherwise, you'd be out of communication. Well, with I, had an ex you know, I had someone... Uh, I had someone come to me, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, say they, they had a change of experience with Telstra. Things had changed and maybe they're improving things and I hope mm. that's the case at Telstra. Um, but at the moment, the share mm. price is it's not improving. Down. It's not improving. I think it's got yeah. further to fall and it's probably going to fall below that sort of $3.40 level, isn't it? Yeah. That would be my take. There's a big it. probability for it to come back down here to around this $3 mark. Mm. If it trades above this high in October 2019, mm. there's a strong possibility that Telstra could get back up to around 390. So that's mm. ideally, if you're holding the stock, that's what you'd want to see. There have been a number of reasons to exit the stock already on the chart. If it does go through that high, then 
it still may trigger an ex a further additional exit down the track, but at least then you can sort of breathe it for a while and say, well, okay, yeah. maybe heading up again. I think next if year it, it'll probably be a good buy next year. Yeah, yeah, I think you might be right. If mm. it comes back down, mm. then it's going to come back to this level mm. and we could end up with a nice trend line on it. It'll be much safer thinking. by that point mm. well, after it comes back a little bit. I think it'll be yeah. much better, much safer. So that's a really good question. Thanks, uh, Daniel. Good, um, a, Shane, e, a Shane, e, I think that's, or a Sane, I'm not sure. A um, CGF. CGF? And, yeah, and type in Seek as well because we've got um, oh, okay. Peter for Seek and I'll just find them. Yep. Um, but yeah, but bring those bows up and both looking. So CGF there. looking really mm. nice at the moment, but it hasn't moved on. The last, the, well, week ending 18th of October had a stellar rise. The following three weeks, it's done nothing. So, you know, it's not convincing at this point yet, even though it's had that really nice run at the start, it's looking better. I think we talked about this recently, CGF. Yeah, Seek. same saying it looks good on a daily, looks strong on a daily. Nothing looks good on, everything looks good on a daily, but it's not the really way you're going to look at stocks and to buy long term or medium See, term. to me, that's not strong on a daily right no, now. No, you know, that's... you've had a number of days down, which is a good sign. That was a good mm. move there. But the fact that it didn't continue on for another day, it only had two days through the high and stopped. Mm. You, we need to see another couple of days up for that to really convince mm. me because you've got a huge gap down here. At any time, this stock could fall to fill that gap. And that's the potential challenge with it. it it's not 100%. It may not fall, fall and fill the gap, but it's a possibility. Now, if it falls through that low here on the daily 29th of October, then it's more likely to continue back down. Mm. So that's Challenger. Do you want to talk about yeah, just Yeah, get up Seek. But I'll just, there's Riley's, um, Riley's a young guy that's trading some stocks in the US. He's asking about Tesla now. I know you covered it a little bit. You did Tesla on the US report yesterday, didn't you? Yeah, and you I did a bought, podcast you, as well. Yeah, and you brought up the chart. But we on, haven't put it up yet, I don't think. Yeah, the podcast went up. Sorry, the, your analysis went up today in okay. today's US stock market report because you brought up the charts, yeah? Uh, I didn't bring up the... Oh, did I bring up the chart? I'm pretty I can't sure remember you did. if I did. Go and have a watch of that. I haven't watched it all. I think, yeah, the producer's got a thumbs up. You did. So go and watch that one, Riley, and you'll get Janine's thoughts on Tesla. So, so let's look at Seek, Seek. for Peter. Right. Now, looking at Seek, we can see it's recently just gone through the all-time high. Now, look, Seek's a good trading stock. It's another good trading stock, not necessarily buy and hold because it does have big dips. So, okay, Peter let's said have he a, bought it the other day. He bought it the other day. So that's a reasonable decision given it's just gone through a new all-time mm. high, 30% fall. So there's a potential for it to continue up. It could head into the order of 26 to $27. However, mm. in the short term, we need to see it pull back a bit because it's had four weeks up in a row. And therefore, you need a recheck. Sometimes it can go up for eight weeks or thereabouts. Typically, a stock, when it rises for four weeks, will come back for one or two before we see the next move. So mm. often when a stock makes a new all-time high, there's a retest. What we call a retest of that high and a move back down below it before mm. it moves on. So a bit of patience there, but also remembering if it trades below this trough here in the fourth on the 4th of October, it's more likely to fall away and could be you know, quite a considerable fall back below the all-time high mm. given the resistance there. Mm. So that's Seek. That is sick. Oh, cool. So how many how many likes do you want before you do the next two stocks? Would you please give me ten likes? Ten more likes. So the producers can tell you the next ten likes. I don't I don't ask a lot, do I? Go higher than that. The, the producers, producers asking me for more. Okay. Guys, you better help me out here. No more stocks till we get fifty likes. Okay. No, twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Julie's asking for CSL and Goodman Group. Okay, CSL so, and Goodman. CSL's yeah. a fantastic stock. I think Julie's somebody new. Goodman's I don't remember a, seeing the name before. Goodman's a big stock too in the property mm. sector. So is, is Julie holding those stocks at the moment? Is she um, I'm trying to find Julie, Julie on the list. Julie, perhaps you want to 
5,000 emails here. Okay, we've got a big response tonight then. Uh, that's fantastic. Keep typing in your questions. We'll do our best to get through them. So CSL has recently gone through the new all-time high there. Now, it did slow down for a number of months around the new all-time high and then burst out of the blocks. But you can see there, if, if the stock doesn't continue up this week, then we're more likely to see a bit of a pullback temporarily before it then moves higher. But you can see the angle of this share. Now, I'm just going to draw some lines on the on the stock there. I could tr use, a tr use trend arrows a lot, don't you? Like Me, I arrows. do, yeah, because it just shows people what I'm thinking and where it's going to go. Well, it's just a trend line. So if I just quickly drew a line up here, it's not necessarily the best fit trend line. However, you can see how far it's accelerated away from that line and may at some point come back to it. And that's mm. really what I'm alluding to. We may see a bit of a pullback before it moves back up again, but at some point it may come back to this line because it's okay. almost going vertical now. Yeah, Julie's looking long term. Yeah. So long term, I would say, look, if you're already in it, then you would stick with it. If you're not in it, then I would suggest that now is not necessarily the best time to be picking There's the stock up. probably other stocks you're better off getting in for long term. Yeah. So that's CSL, but then, yeah. you know, at yeah. the end of the day, you've, Julie, you've got to have your rules and not just take yeah. what Dale and I are talking about because that's our opinion and what yeah. we would do. Not It's not personal financial advice for you, obviously. So you need to go away and do your own research on that. So Goodman Group, Looking at the stock, really strong trend. We've seen this almost, mm. not vertical, but a really strong rise away from the angle of the trend, the longer term trend down here, uh, 2010 to 2018. And then this, as I said, a bullish rise. But right now, this is more of what we call a distribution type Pattendale that we're seeing on Goodman tends to, um, you tend to see the same range. Mm. It's really interesting when you see these bigger stocks that look more like what a smaller stock does in terms of the high and the low of the bar not changing much. Did you notice that, Dale? And then often what you see following that is a bit of a pullback from that sideways consolidation before the next run-up. Did you want to say something? No, I'm just reading the chat while you're doing it. People are talking okay. about how much they're learning on our diploma you're course. Fascinated I was by trying to find saying. the next stock. Okay, and looking at looking at the... Well, we've got a couple of others we haven't covered yet. Because we've got 30 likes, so we've got to cover another one. Well, we've got Rio and Amcor we could cover from We'd a previous that. question. Okay. All right, so looking at uh, Goodman Group, I would say mm -hmm. at the moment it's still sideways until it tells us otherwise. I don't dislike the stock. It's a, in a good sector of the market. But if the broader market's going to come back, then mm -hmm. the, the real estate stocks will come back with it. And interesting, in the U.S., in the US on the US market, the real estate stocks have actually had a really stellar run. So the last year's growth was quite high. So working on the philosophy that you've raised plenty of times before, that the stocks, the sectors of the market that do really well in one year often, you know, may not do well the following year. And so therefore, you can't just assume that, that you know they'll continue to rise. So if the if the play in the US is such that they're they're deciding to pull out money out of the real estate mm. areas and put it into other areas of the market, we may see the same thing happen on our own market. So that's one of the interesting things that we watch there. Mm. I'd say it still looks bullish long term because it hasn't told us otherwise, but more shorter term, still a bit of a question mark on which direction it's going to take at the moment. Okay, so we're going to do Rio okay. and Amcor. Now, I can't remember who they were from. I didn't have them somewhere. And there's yep. uh, Sorry about that, guys, but, <laughs> but we are trying to get to all of your shares. Yeah, and we're trying to share, share the love around, obviously, with some people we haven't had their questions for, so we're also yep. picking some of those as well. Okay, Dale. So looking at um, Rio, do you want to talk about it? No, you, this is one of your favourite stocks. BHP and Rio. BHP, your, Rio, your, FMG are like fantastic shares. I wouldn't go that far. I like <laughs> I Rio right them. now. It looks all right. Yeah, okay. So we still haven't got to the all-time high yet, mm. and that's a, a way off. 
we've been expecting the, um, the mining shares to come back further. Now, th this is interesting because this week, Rio's actually defied that logic and started to rise. So this is why we're seeing that sideways action in the market at the moment. The banks are coming down. Mm. We've had the miners coming down, but now the miners mm. are moving up a little bit. But often after you've had a big pullback from a high, you can get a bit of a recovery, a bit of a rally on shares, and you don't know at that point that it's actually going to recover and trade to, to new highs. So the high in April 2019 could be taken out into 2020. However, we need to see what happens at the end of this week and into next week. If it continues to move up strongly, we could see the, the continuation of the rise. And therefore, the market may actually go up uh, and be more be stronger if the mining stocks move up. But if we get a pullback below this low around 86, 83, then it's the probability shifts and we're heading down into that low we've been expecting. So looking at the gap on the weekly chart, which we'd expect to be filled, you can see there the bar in week ending 30th of August hasn't come back to that level fully, but it has come back around that level. Now, if you don't understand how to exit, how you could have exited Rio on the week of the 26th of July 2019, that means that you've got a massive flaw in your whole trading approach and or your portfolio strategy and you need to get it sorted out and learn some really good and solid rules. Mm. So had you, if we look at what this would have cost you, from this point here, 19% drop, which you could have avoided. Okay, it started a recovery, but it's not to say that Rio might not continue to fall away. Bearing in mind, look what it did here, um, that big decline there into March 16 and during the GFC. So at times, these stocks do have big pullbacks. Mm. But you, you would have been out of the stock during that week, potentially, Correct. and then ready to get back in at a much better time for the share, mm. depending on your back-tested rules. So that's why you need to know what you're doing. <laughs> with these shares. So that's Rio. So we go on to You've got about three seconds because we're already over okay. time. Amcor, we've got I'm getting an yelled exciting at in my ear. pattern on Amcor. It's mm. what we call Cherie's potentially a triple top. And people often get, tri mm. I, I get really tired of seeing, and we had lots of debates over the years about double tops, triple tops, where they form on stocks. And I get mm. tired of seeing people say there's a triple top or a double top. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's just resistance or it's just support. You need to know this stuff. And so here we can see this is actually an example of a stock making this triple top formation. And therefore, this can be really hugely bearish mm. on shares. Mm. So the challenge for Amcor is it needs to recover. It needs to get back way above this 1550 mark to have a chance of recovering. Mm. If it fails to do that over the coming months and it trades below this low here, then I'd be really concerned about this share uh, in, you know, and I'd be expecting that it would continue to fall over time and could even end up heading down somewhere towards this $11 mark over time. That's, that's the risk. Could be further than that potentially based on the, you know, the, the theory behind this, these topping patterns. Yeah, but it's looking a little bit better right now, but it hasn't short really term, proven it's going up more. Yeah, than, short yeah. term, it looks like it could go up mm. and it could rise to around about $15 in the short mm. term as a potential. But like I said, you know, for my Just money, I'd, I'd like to see it getting above 1550 to mm. know that it's going to at least challenge these highs. Mm. So it's cautious tone on that. Well, I've got mm. my buy low, sell high cufflinks on, so <laughs> let's buy low and sell high from that point okay. of view. But we have, I, I, there are so many questions we still haven't covered because everybody's been fantastic. And subscribe to the channel, hit the like button again. We've got about 30 likes from people, so that was really good. Yeah, so if thank you want you. the show to go longer, we'd have mm. to have enough votes, wouldn't we? We'd have to have enough subscribers. Mm. And Dale's sitting there saying, why are you saying this? Well, we need 10,000 <laughs> subscribers, and I'm quite happy to look at that. Really? 
Yeah. Okay. I'm happy to look at that. Help us get those more. that number of subscribers and then we'll do it. Yeah. But uh, we have hope you've enjoyed tonight's show and, and thanks for participating. You've been fantastic. And that chat that you put in there and talking with each other and um, the questions you're asking are really are showing you want to do understand the market and you want to do get better returns uh, for your portfolio. So thank you very much. But if you'd like to see the show grow, as Janine remembered, you really do need to share it with your friends on social media and whatever else. But you have to hit the like button and you have to hit the subscribe button first and then encourage others because I'm quite happy to expand what we're doing um, on this channel but we really do need to expand the, the audience I suppose if that makes sense. Also make sure you put this show into your calendar so that you're back online next Tuesday at 7pm and if you cannot be with us live next week we're always happy to receive your questions so send them to info at wealthwithin.com.au type Wealth Within Live in the subject line. Well, Janine, that really does bring us to the end of the show again. So I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. I, I mean, have, yes. I love bantering with you here in front of that camera. So it's We've really got good. the pink boxing gloves We've again. We've got the pink, <laughs> pink boxing gloves. Okay, fantastic. I but don't I've, want to get any bruises. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for we taking... Can't have, we don't want to have to put more makeup on your cheeks, more, do we? No, we don't. Okay, let's be serious for two okay. seconds, okay? Be serious. Um, thanks, everybody, for in, uh, being part of tonight's show. Hey, again, thank you. I hope you've enjoyed it, um, and thanks for taking part. We'll see you again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. But for now, goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Take care, and bye for now. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.